Live from our super-secret studios above Jacques' flower shop, this is Gerard at Large. Yeah, baby! Good morning, Manchester. Live and local. News, sports, politics, traffic, and weather. Rich isn't afraid to tackle the tough questions. Who told you you can eat my cookies? You talking to me? Yeah, I hear you. You had a question for me. It's all here on the Gerard at Large radio program. Hello? On 90.7 WLMW, New Hampshire Family Radio. I'm sorry, who'd you say you were? I am your host, Rich Gerard. Thanks for tuning in. That's right, that's right. Here's Richard. Good morning, Manchester, and to those of you in surrounding towns, welcome to Hour 1 of Gerard at Large. I am your, oops, I forgot to mention something to you yesterday, host Rich Gerard. Thanks for tuning in. You can find us online at GerardAtLarge.com, and you can find us on Facebook and Twitter, also at Gerard at Large, where we encourage you to like us and to follow us, because we just want to be loved. All right. Um, We don't have time to breathe in today's show. So, we're going to have to get right on to a bunch of things. First off, this show this morning is brought to us by Manchester Ward 2 Aldermanic candidate Paul R.R. Martineau. Martineau is on the ballot this September in a primary in the Ward 2 Aldermanic race. He says during his 15 years as Manchester's elected welfare commissioner, he has actually reduced department spending by over half a million dollars, meaning it's... The budget today is more than half a million dollars lower than when he took office 15 years ago. Who does that? He eliminated two positions, uh, saving hundreds of thousands of dollars in salary and benefits over the years. And the staff, he says, under his leadership has returned over two and a half million unspent dollars to the city treasury. As Alderman, he says he will continue to work for efficiencies in government as well as on the opioid crisis, neighborhood safety, education, property taxes, infrastructure, and economic development. To learn more, give Paul a call at six. I'm sorry, four nine three sixteen fifty two. That's four nine three sixteen fifty two. Or ask Paul Martineau about his campaign for Alderman and Manchester Ward two by sending him an email at pmartino65 at yahoo.com. Oh, what a busy show we have today. Do-da, do-da. It starts uh, just uh, shortly with the arrival of Russ Willett, who's a candidate for Alderman in Manchester's Ward 11. At 7 o'clock, Jonathan Barrett, the man who was running behind uh, yesterday... He's running for Alderman in Ward 12, will be with us. Then Mike Bistany joins us for Fitness Effects. Auto Care Plus is in the house at 740. Uh, Al Caprillian joins us for the weekend weather, the top of the 8 o'clock hour. Then we'll hear from Julie Hurry, who is um, uh, organizing the Run for the Fallen. And then, of course, James Patrick Riley joins us for the history segment, which means we got a lot of ground to cover in the mere two open segments that we have this morning. Your calls always welcome at 606-6762. Did I get that number right? 606-6762? Yeah. I was trying to type a password that included numbers, and I wasn't sure if I gave out the telephone number or the number of the password. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, don't have time to breathe today. Not that I'm complaining. 
because uh, we are doing our best to give as much time as we can to as many candidates and events that are uh, uh, coming up, given that, uh, given what's going on. Oh, doesn't that look marvelous? Anyhow, um, yes, so the mea culpa I have to make, and there are many of those Scott Brown is following me now on Twitter. Isn't that cool? Husband, father, U.S. ambassador to New Zealand and Samoa, former U.S. senator, all-American triathlete, retinal colonel, uh, guitar player, etc., etc. Wow. So, hey, if Scott Brown is following us on Twitter, why aren't you? <laughs> Isn't that awesome? Mental Health Matters is also following us on Twitter. This is cool. You know, there are about 1,900 people following us on Twitter, well over 2,300 following us on Facebook. Join the fun. It's a great way to communicate all kinds of information. All right, so here's the mea culpa, and I had uh, people in our large and loyal listening audience uh, ask me about this. As you know, we had originally scheduled to have representatives of the Islamic Society of New Hampshire on the show yesterday. Um, They have postponed uh, their appearance. They did not cancel. Well, they canceled the appearance, and they say they want to reschedule. In discussions that I've had with members of uh, the mosque, my point of contact there, um, I'm not sure how much I should say. But apparently they are uh, wanting to find people who can, um, I don't even know what word to use, but their concern was that the people that they had originally scheduled to come on the show may not be best able to answer some of the questions that uh, they anticipate getting uh whether it involves their faith or some of the materials that, in fact, were in the mosque that Dave Gobatz has raised questions about. So, we uh, hope to have the Islamic Society of New Hampshire uh, in studio to discuss the situation. And I can tell you, since this whole thing has blown up at uh, uh, that mosque... Uh, has attracted a huge amount of blog traffic. And as I said to the person that I'm speaking with on the mosque, uh, you know, in my never-to-be-humble opinion, um, as a public relations person and a strategist, the sooner the mosque actually comes forward to answer some of the questions that are being posed, uh, probably the better for the mosque and the community at large. Whatever the answers may be, I'm hoping this is the opening to a broader dialogue. Um, And I do find it somewhat curious and perhaps concerning that the mosque is searching for the right people to speak on its behalf. Um, I, I, that could be a good thing because after all, you want people who can uh, explain articulately what is happening uh, there or not happening there. I'm not sure why the people who were scheduled to come on, who included the president of the mosque or the chairman of the board or however it is they're organized, um, 
weren't weren't up to that task. Uh, I know the person that I have been speaking to has uh, said, and I think I had his name in the calendar. Didn't I have his name in the calendar, Josh? You remember? Because I mean, when they canceled, I took it out of the calendar. But it's a fellow named Adil Tahir, um, uh, who I've only recently met. I knew his father, Sahir Tahir. Uh, he was the chairman of the Republican Party and active uh, Ward Two state representative and active in Manchester politics for many years. Um, and I, I, you know, I, I did not I did not know that uh, Sahir was involved with the mosque. He didn't strike me as a particularly religious fellow, and I think his association with the society and the mosque was more or less sort of a cultural thing, kind of like Mayor Ted Gatzis. You know, Mayor Ted Gatzis, I'm not aware, is a churchgoer, but I'm pretty sure that he has supported the St. George Greek Orthodox Cathedral here in the Queen City, and probably uh, some of the city's other churches in various ways, Greek churches. Uh, There's the assumption uh, Greek Orthodox Church, and there's St. Nicholas, which is also a Greek Orthodox Church here in the in the Queen City. And at his inaugurations, for example, the mayor has um, had the, they call them the Metropolitan, uh, who is a leader in the Greek Orthodox, uh, Orthodox Church. He's based out of Boston, do the uh, the invocation and, uh, and, and things like that. So I think, uh, you know, Mayor Gatzis, for example, has cultural ties to the Greek churches, but I'm not aware he's a churchgoer. And I'm bringing that up because um, I, I think Sahir Tahir's uh, involvement with the mosque historically probably was more along those cultural lines than it was um, uh, out of religious uh, fervor or observance. I, I don't know that because I only knew him through his political activities. And I only recently met his son, Adil, who... Uh, you know, said the mosque asked him to reach out to me, figuring that, uh, um, you know, it, m- it might be a good entree to getting people on. And so I do want to have the mosque on. And I do want to give them an opportunity to answer the questions that have been raised by Dave Gobatz, who um, has sort of gone on an offensive against Chief Willard now, who he calls Chief Chicken Little. He apparently didn't much appreciate um uh, how the chief has responded uh, to the issues that he has raised. And I saw an article this morning in my inbox that I'm not going to comment on uh, until I get a chance to talk to the chief. But um, I have received articles from several members of our large and loyal listening audience since the chief, you know, did his smackdown against GoBats um, that has brought forward additional information about you know, materials in that mosque and why they uh, should be concerning to people. Uh, And I I have to tell you something, folks, Uh, you know, I have uh, taken quite a beating on social media and in other venues for the, for the fact that I've even raised this issue. Um, But that's okay. Because at the end of the day, if you're going to have a dialogue, you're not going to have a dialogue by not, uh, you're going to have to raise the issues and take what comes with that. Um, but I think it is in the interest of the community here in the city of Manchester. Um, who do we have? I didn't even send you a message. I figured, Uh, no, there you go. But, um, you know, I think it is in the interest of the city of Manchester as a community, um, for these questions that have been raised, however, uh, rightly or wrongly, you may think they were raised to be addressed, to be discussed, 
um, and and to, uh, so that they're known and understood. You know, if if the mosque, uh, if the if the if the representatives of the mosque want to explain why those materials were found in their mosque, then I'm happy to have that conversation here on the air and let them explain um, why people shouldn't be worried about the materials that are there and why Dave Gobatz may be drawing improper conclusions about their presence. See, these are the things that we need to know about. And uh, this sort of harkens back to, uh, you know, the two segments that I did before I interviewed Dave Gobatz about why it's necessary um, to have these conversations so that people unfamiliar with either the mosque or whatever traditions of Islam they abide by um, aren't concerned or maybe should be concerned given the overall climate we find ourselves within the world today. And with that, we'll bring Eric in Manchester on the line. Good morning, Eric. Comcast guys in here. I'm going to yell at them. My bill is two hundred and fifty dollars, and he says I'm going to cut the cord to and uh, and so I like to you if you were mayor for the day, how would you bring another company in to Comcast to be able to hike all the rates up? Very like to have a good show. All uh, right, I'm so Eric, Eric's Eric's question is about is about Comcast and how do you bring competition in? Uh, the short answer to how you bring competition is you don't. Uh, the city's got a franchise agreement with Comcast. I don't recall whether or not the franchise agreement provided a, an exclusive, but whether it provides an exclusive or not, uh, all of the cables in this state in this city are owned by Comcast. So um, if people are unsatisfied with Comcast, its pricing or its service, then they have to look to other mediums such as um, satellite TV, uh, or put the old the, the, put the broadcast antenna back on your roof if all you watch are the local channels anyway. Um, you know, back in the old days when you subscribed to cable because you didn't have to get commercials. Remember that? Anyway, um, so yeah, and uh, Comcast probably isn't doing anything that isn't allowed for under the franchise agreement, but there's one thing for sure. The cost of cable have gone straight up, and uh, well, they're losing people who don't want to spend that kind of money in favor of people who uh, uh, they're, they're losing people who don't want to spend that kind of money to their competition for um, television services, such as I don't know what the name of the the, the satellite uh, companies are. Dish Network is there another one? Seems to me there are a couple. I don't know, but my parents just dropped Comcast for Netflix, Hulu, and the like. Yeah, well, there you go. And that's going to that's gonna continue to happen. All right, we're over time in this segment. We're going to take a break for traffic, weather, and sports. When we come back, we'll, uh, start, we'll start addressing the news of the day. And there's some fun stuff in the newsread this morning, isn't there? This is Gerard at Large. 